The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Smallville Gazette, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Wednesday, August 11th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's Superman and Lois. Please welcome my co-hosts, Professor X. Hello, everyone. And Millie Wood. Hello, Smallville. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 1, Episode 14, which was titled The Eradicator, and aired August 10th, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Lois is worried about Jordan as he and Sarah continue to grow closer. Meanwhile, Clark pays Lana a visit. Jonathan has been spending more and more time with John Henry. Yes, I guess that's what's happened. There's a whole Metropolis thing that's like nowhere in this. But I, I, sure, we'll go with all of that happening last night. Um, this is the penultimate episode of the season. A lot of shit happened last night. I thought we were going to get maybe like a calm episode, you know, like the calm before the storm. But no, we got um, the storm before the storm. So let's talk about this. And we're actually going to start off where we have been the past couple weeks, and that's with the Cushings. Because I found the Cushing drama to be really interesting this week. So uh, the Cushings are still feeling, uh, you know, unwelcome in Smallville. They have put their home up for sale. They feel like Smallville is like shunning them. And even though Sarah, you know, she, she doesn't believe that they're leaving. Um, the thing that's kind of like the final, um, final, uh, you know, what is it? Nail on the head. Is that whatever the hell that phrase is, is the fact that, um, that, that, that Kyle has gotten a job offer in another town, a town that is two hours away so well you know they tell the girls and clearly sarah is um shooketh by the news are the cushings moving are the cushings leaving uh i know at the start of the season and we we briefly talked about this before we had to go on a uh, olympic sized hiatus that uh, you know we had discussed before that we thought maybe kyle would die but now that we sort of enjoy Kyle and enjoy the Cushings, they're not leaving Smallville, are they? Uh, question mark? Uh, Millie, I'm going to ask you. What did you think of the Cushing drama? Do you think they're leaving? Do you think we might get into a weird situation where the Cushings are going to be really tested? Their relationship will be tested. Because will Kyle go? to the other town and work while Lana and the kids stay back 
Will they separate? Will Kyle still die? So many questions, Millie. I know that you know the answer to, like, all of them. Answer is yes to all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, um, I really liked the the Cushing episode. Um, I think it. I do think that there is uh, trouble on the horizons for them, especially can, kind of considering I think how they started out at the beginning of the season, um, and they've kind of gotten closer together. But I could see this separating them. Um, I don't think at least Lana's leaving Smallville. Um, I just I feel like such a like her conversation with Clark. Like it's just you can't take like you know, what is it, you can't take the person out of small town or something like that, so I don't see her leaving, but I could see um, Kyle doing it, because he's the one that has the most issues, also, if he seems like that person that would definitely, like, want to do it for himself and not really think about his family, so I could still see, like, some kind of tension there, just because they're not really, in him in particular, not welcomed um, there, but maybe the town might change their mind as well, but I think there is going to be some kind of conflict, because they are getting more screen time, and as we balance, like, Clark and Lois, the family. We also have the Cushing family, so I could see them taking up more time in terms of some kind of drama being manufactured. Oh, totally. Well, the drama is there. I mean, they don't. I don't feel like they need to manufacture any more drama, but maybe we might get some more in the season finale. Professor, your take on the Cushings, uh, since uh, since Millie brought it up, Lana and Clark's conversation, Kyle's sort of headspace. I feel like we've really grown to love all of the Cushings over the course of these 14 episodes. Maybe not young Sophie, because she keeps on interrupting our lovebirds. But, I was just going to say that. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, there's always a stick in the mud in every family, so it's, it's her. But uh, what did you think of them in this episode, and where do you think... I don't know if we want to get into a bold prediction right now, but where do you think this goes as the finale is, is looming upon us? Uh, my gut feeling is that they're going to stick around. Uh, even though he was offered the job, I think that scene with, um, uh, you know, with his, uh, his subordinate at the, uh, at the fire station, I still think something's going to come to Smallville. Something's going to happen to Smallville that, uh, that Kyle will step up and, and redeem himself in the eyes of the community. Uh, whether he survives that redeeming or not, I don't know. There is still all of that ex kryptonite out there. Um, and you know, there, I think, remember when, um, Oh, the, uh, the, the kid, uh, Trig, uh, was exposed to it. He developed superpowers. So maybe this is going to be a situation where they're going to, you know, arm a bunch of ordinary people with, uh, semi-Kryptonian powers, uh, to go up against them or something like that. Although, my God, to do that in one episode. Um, cause the S Kryptonite is still around and they did make a point of mentioning that in the, uh, the recap, the previously on Superman and Lois. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, I think Kyle has to find a way to redeem himself in the eyes of the community. And, uh, and yeah, uh, that will allow him to either stay or die a hero. Uh, but I think it's going to be one of those two. I don't think you're going to see the Cushings go anywhere. Okay. I do agree with you on that. Uh, I hope that it's that he's a hero, but he's alive. Whether he gets hurt or not, you know let that happen. But, um, but I, I kind of want Kyle to be alive. I've grown to really enjoy the character. And uh, I think a a sort of redemptive arc within the, the eyes of the, of the town might be really interesting to see get played out with the Cushings. We'll have to wait and see. So, uh, the, no, well, it wasn't really the start of the episode, but like during the first half of the episode, we got a town hall meeting. Uh, the Smallville denizens are, um, you know, 
still in the midst of um, of the DOD. You know, we we pick up three weeks after the previous episode. Well, it was three weeks since we saw the previous episode, but we pick up in in real time, I guess, in, in the series three weeks later, and the DOD is still there. The town wants answers, and that's why... Um, that's why Sam uh, Lane is going to have a town hall meeting to try to explain things um, as much as he can and as best as he can without implementing the Kents to the Smallville people. We get a little bit of information before that uh, as far as what Smallville knows. We know that an article that the Gazette published attacked the DOD, the secrecy that's going on with them, as well as the fact that they're still occupying the town. We also learn in this episode that Chrissy is having a problem keeping the Gazette up and running. That, uh, you know, she might have to sell the Gazette. So that's an interesting plot point to sort of throw into the mix. And uh, at the town hall... You know, the Smallville people, I mean, they want answers. Sam really doesn't offer any. When Lois jumps in, I mean, the town really wasn't having any of that. So it was it was a difficult situation for, for you know, Mr. DoD himself. Professor, talk to me about the town hall meeting. Talk to me about the feelings that the town has in regards to everything that's happened to them these past couple episodes. That felt a little weird to me for a number of reasons. First off, you know, the uh, the way that the, the people are reacting to the presence of the soldiers, it's not like the soldiers are jackbooted thugs, uh, you know, punching people out. This is, you know, they haven't, you know, shot anyone uh you know this is a town that was just basically you know almost taken apart by superpowered beings uh and i would think having the dod around would make them feel safer you know their argument that oh you know you're you're located downtown so people aren't buying stuff all those soldiers are going to be buying stuff they're going to be going into the restaurants and stuff like that that felt like a very manufactured thing to me that you know they needed to have that conflict uh you know i i don't think it makes sense uh, for it to be there. I think, you know, a community that had gone through a trauma like that, they would be thrilled to have the soldiers hanging around just in case shit like that happens again. So that struck me as very fake. Uh, the idea that Lois would be the one to sort of, you know, leap in and, uh, uh, and, and start talking at the thing. Lois is, is like, you know, the newest of newcomers to the community. Um, you know, for her to do that, it, it felt very fake to me, uh, that, uh, um, I did like the fact that when, uh, you know, Lois said to, uh, to Sam, what do you expect me to do it? Uh, you know, the actor who, who plays Sam just did this great little gesture, you know, uh, with his eyes as a, well, go right ahead. Um, so yeah, that, that's struck me as, as one of the weaker elements of the episode. I kind of get, you know, why they're sort of playing that up i think it's it's to play up the importance of the gazette and and chrissy's role and you know the the stresses and stuff like that you know to, to play into the cushings but it felt a little unnecessary to me uh you know compared to everything else that's going on that's an interesting point i think what they were trying to do there and and i i agree with you professor i think it was a mess Maybe what they were trying to do is sort of express the idea of, you know, this small town not wanting big government to sort of come in and take over. But I, I don't think they really conveyed that idea 
as well as maybe they thought they did. At least, at least I don't know. I think that's what they were trying to convey, if if anything, because that's. Um, I think they sort of had the idea that they wanted to have the conflict, and then they retroactively tried to figure out a reason for it, like that line about you know, people are afraid to come downtown, so they're not shopping anymore. That felt really, you know, fake to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, Millie, do you have anything to add? What did you think of the town's reaction to everything and how the town hall went? Yeah, I think what the professor says, it all just felt a little forced. And I think that in this instance, the three-week time jump, it was hard to build up. It just kind of happened. And I feel like there was no little hints before we went on the hiatus. And it's kind of just... Everyone has a protest in the gym, which is also an interesting spot. Um, so it, it felt like they were trying to make some kind of commentary. And especially considering, like, how relevant I think what they were trying to do is, it really hit them, missed the mark, and it made it feel funky, especially when they had in the um, assembly, like, the mom of the person. So it just it felt all very strange and a little bit off. And as the professor said, the fact that, um, like, Lois was there, um, I – and I wonder if it's going to come up because it was interesting um, when they all left, like the look that uh, Chrissy had at the end, like, how does Lois know all this information? <laughs> Just kind of like willingly throwing it all about. I feel like that was also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel you on that as well. So uh, there was some action um, in Smallville, but the large action set piece of the episode actually happens in Metropolis. And how we get there is because, so Morgan Edge, you know, he went up at the end of the previous episode, he went up, you know, next to the sun and he was like charging up. I guess he'd been there three weeks charging up. And uh, we learn that he is no longer Morgan Edge. He is the eradicator now, the name of the episode. And while, um, you know, everything is going down at the town hall meeting, he returns to Earth and ends up breaking out uh, Leslie Lar from DOD custody. And uh, they end up re- disappearing and then reappearing in Metropolis, where they decide to wreak havoc. And it's not just both of them. Because Edge is now the Eradicator, he can create Kryptonian hosts whenever the frack he wants. So he has created his own army, Superman and John Henry Irons in his suit show up. And basically what happened on John Henry Irons' Earth is kind of happening on this Earth. Uh, the Kryptonians are tearing Metropolis to shreds, and we do have a moment that echoes what happened on John Henry Irons' Earth, where Lois ends up um, you know, talking into a camera during a live news feed, and instead of um, Superman... A, a dark Superman showing up behind her. It is Leslie Lar. But fortunately, this time around, John Henry Irons was there and was able to use his hammer on Leslie Lar. 
So uh, they're able to take down all of the Kryptonians, but um, they aren't uh, the Eradicator. Uh, so let's talk about this. It, this was a big moment in the episode. Millie, let's talk about what happened in Metropolis. I like how we finally, like, see Leslie Lard in, like, full kind of battle action. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was nice to the build up. I think it was funny that you'd said that earlier you feel like this is like the storm before the storm. I feel like this is, it was a very slow buildup, but it definitely paid off here, like the last 10 minutes. And I do like the part where um, Iron's kind of, not yeah, John Henry Iron's basically uh, gets an opportunity to kind of get a little bit of closure. Not that it's going to bring his Lois back, but I do like how he's able to save this Earth Lois. That was very um, a nice kind of touch, and I wonder what that is going to do for him as a character. But overall, it was a nice little action scene. I feel like we had been missing uh, at least the first part of the episode that was setting it all up. Yeah, totally. I'm glad that you brought that up, Millie, because it's funny, because I I don't think I ever really thought of that, you know, that concept. Like, I've been sort of thinking of the idea of John Henry Irons working with Superman, you know, taking down the bad guys and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't really think of the idea of him getting a do-over, you know, the chance to to do the thing that he wanted to do on his Earth, which is save his Lois. Now, he he isn't able to save his Lois, but he's able to, to save a Lois. And I thought that was a really nice moment for him. Professor, your take on everything Metropolis. Yeah, no, to, to mirror that, I thought it was great having, uh, you know, uh, John be the one to save Lois, because, uh, as you say, it, it allows him, you know, a, a, a sense of healing, probably, that the thing he wasn't able to do on his Earth, he was able to do on this Earth uh, and save, you know, the doppelganger of the woman that he loved. Um, you know, the cliche of it would have been that, you know, Soups would have come back to save her, but, you know, having him do it, uh, I thought worked uh, really well. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I, I Again, sort of, I, I feel that they sort of skipped some stuff in this episode, um, possibly because they wanted to deal with, uh, you know, the uh, the scene in the auditorium, um, you know, uh, particularly like, you know, we should have seen Edge doing something to give the powers to those people. You know, just one scene of him, you know, shooting the light at people or, you know, doing something uh, to do that. Instead, we just sort of had to pick it up. Um, uh, it was a little weird, although one can argue that that put us in the same uh, a place as, uh, you know, uh, Clark and, and Lois and uh, and John. So I guess, you know, maybe that that was a uh, decision on that part. Uh, the fight was good. I think it's sort of, you know, interesting that I think the uh, the newly made Kryptonians are not as powerful uh, as Superman. You know, he was, you know, when he had the moment to uh, to just punch one out, he was able to take one out with one punch. So I think it's going to be a situation where, you know, they're not quite as powerful, at least not as experienced uh, at uh, dealing with powers as he is. Um, I agree. You know, I really like uh, Leslie Lard getting to be total badass. Uh, you know, she's an interest. The actress is, is interesting and she's had to play her so restrained. And we've talked about that, you know, the uh, the interesting nature of that uh, before we found out uh, who Morgan Edge was. So it was nice seeing her cut loose. Uh, loved it when the hammer came and just took her off. And, and then, you know, the people watching on television, their reaction to it as well. Uh, but it was it was really good, you know, because it did play off the fact that we had seen those scenes from uh, John Henry Irons Earth, you know, that Lois just happened to be up on the uh, roof and saying the same sorts of things that she was saying there. And it's like, 
you do have like obviously uh, intellectually i know they're not going to kill off lois the show's name is superman and lois they're not going to kill off lois that's stupid why are you even thinking that and yet i was kind of nervous in that moment like oh my god what the hell is going on here so i thought that was very nicely done and then to get the payoff that we got uh it was great uh, it was a good fight scene um Maybe a little bit uh, too much damage to the downtown because, you know, then we're going to be dealing with the whole, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, Batman versus Superman, you know, or, or Man of Steel, you know, just destroying large swaths of the downtown. They were able to keep it to a minimum, but there were a few buildings that were taken down. So that, yes. you know, could be a problem. Uh, but overall, I thought it was really, really well done. You know, it was and it was great sort of having that, you know, the idea of it happening live on television, which is so true. Uh, and uh, and that way, you know, the, the kids were able to watch not just their dad in action, but their mom in action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. One hundred percent. A couple of episodes ago, I probably would have said, you know, maybe Morgan Edge would have been, like, out in the wind at the end of the season, you know, sort of, like, still as a looming threat and that sort of thing. I kind of feel like now that he's the eradicator, they have to eradicate him. Like, I feel like they're going to have to figure out a way to deal with him. But now I think Leslie Lar could be that X factor that's, you know, like a character that somehow escapes in the, at the end of the next episode, or maybe she's in custody and then she escapes, uh, but she'll she'll still be a looming threat versus Edge. I feel like they're gonna one hundred percent have to deal with Edge. Do we all agree? What what do we think? Uh, I know we haven't gotten to the end, uh, so maybe it's the wrong place to ask a question about uh, Edge. But uh, I don't know if anybody wants to bite at the question that I just asked. Um, yeah, I, I think I've been saying for a while that they had to get rid of him. You can't have another Kryptonian wandering around. So yeah, I think he has to be eradicated, but yeah. I think you're right. Uh, the Leslie Lahr option, she could escape in the, uh, uh, in the tumult and, uh, and, and, you know, perhaps leave something, uh, you know, interesting going forward. Yeah. I think that's what, what's going to happen, which yeah, will be kind of neat. Uh, I liked what we saw with Leslie Lahr in this episode. Let's talk about a tiny storyline before we get into some shocking stuff. Uh, maybe this was shocking for somebody, probably not. But uh, we do get a teeny, 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 tiny little storyline for Jonathan and Tegan Wickham in this episode. Uh, Jonathan ends up um, agreeing to give Tegan a second chance after the shambles that was their first date. And maybe I'll put date in air quotes. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, so we we have a little bit of plot advancement when it comes to the romance for Jonathan, since clearly Jordan has his own thing going on. We do get a little bit more information about Tegan in this episode. So apparently Tegan moved to Smallville from Central City. A nice little shout out to a city that we do know from another series. And apparently her father went to prison there. And um, a couple of websites posted articles of sort of, you know, uh, researching who this character could be. And there is a character named Seth Wickham that was sent to Arkham Asylum after abusing his mother. Which, I mean, they could always change the backstory. But it's interesting that there's a Wickham in the comics, period. And now we have a Wickham here. So uh, it'll be interesting if Tegan's father is like a bad guy. And uh, that might come back to haunt our characters or something here in in Smallville. 
we'll have to wait and see. Um, any thoughts? I don't know if anybody has any thoughts on this storyline. I, I think it's nice that Jonathan is getting something, because clearly Jordan, you know, has a little bit of romance for himself. Yeah, I mean, I think this has to be setting up something significant for next season, that, that Tegan is going to become a more important character. And if so, I think it obviously must have something to do with her father. Um, because otherwise, why would you waste time doing that? As I say, you know, we were so crammed with stuff in this episode. And I believe there might be an extended version of it uh, available online, which means that they had to cut stuff out just to fit. Mm-hmm. So to leave that in, I think that has to be uh, scene setting for, for next season. Totally. I think this is the first time this season where I actually want to go online to see the episode because the CW has been uploading uh, extended versions of the episode to stream. So this might be one of those episodes, maybe even next week's episode as well, to uh, stream on the CW app because, uh, yeah, clearly so much is going on and it's all very interesting. So let's catch up with the rest of the kids. So Sarah, you know, when she found out that her parents are, are going to be, well, that they're all going to be moving, I should say, she ends up running off and uh, she ends up finding Jordan and Jonathan, who are with some friends. And that's as where the professor says, you know, that the kids end up seeing what's going down in Metropolis. Uh, their grandfather uh, ends up um, finding them and uh, because of just the threat that's out there, you know, basically tells them that I'm taking you home. They convince him to bring Sarah along. And as they're driving, Morgan Edge uh, appears in the middle of the road. There is a collision. We have everyone basically getting injured <laughs> except for Morgan Edge. Or does he not? Because... Uh, Jonathan tries to injure him with a kryptonite gun. Um, is that going to injure him? We'll have to wait and see. And uh, Edge, or the Eradicator, I should say. I keep on calling him Edge, but he's the Eradicator. He ends up kidnapping Jordan. So, I'll, I'm, we're just going to go into this. So, the next time we see him... We see Jordan with red eyes. He has been eradicated. He is with the Eradicator. And the consciousness that has been placed inside of Jordan is... Edge's father, Zeta Rowe. Which at least now Zeta Rowe can look at himself in the mirror and not be disgusted at himself. (laughs) So... Let's talk about this. This was the cliffhanger. Let's talk about the setup to the cliffhanger. Let's talk about what this means. I feel like we all understand what it means. You know, this is Zeta Rose's diabolical plan. Because clearly Superman is not going to kill his own son. But come on. What a cliffhanger. Right, Millie? Yes. I, it won't kill him, but it will be interesting to see his reaction. And how they do go about solving without death. Without murder, <laughs> yes. Maybe a little torture. Uh, a little. A little. Maybe it's like, you know, you can hit him once or twice kind of thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. We're learning Millie's parenting skills right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, but I think that's... I, I, 
probably just me. I like didn't see that coming until um, like obviously at the end. I thought that was very interesting to see how that's going like, to play out. And um, and I like that he went after Jonathan, and I think that like the reaction to it um, and how they kind of played that out. I think they filmed that well, like the intercut between us learning and then also like uh, Clark and Lois like realizing like Jonathan's gone. I thought that was well done. Well, Jordan is gone. Jonathan is still there. Yeah, my Jordan. The yes. Similar days from me. Exactly. And the funny thing is that the other actor is actually named Jordan, so it's like hella confusing. Yeah, I wonder what it's like on set. Professor, talk to me about this. The setup. Um, do you potentially think maybe Sam Lane might be a little bit more hurt than he let on? Um, could Sam Lane die? Is Jordan gonna die? I mean, we were already worried about Lois potentially dying to frickin' Leslie Lar in this episode. Jordan is now Zitaro. Is he going to die? Like, what the hell is going on, Professor? Yeah, great job of uh, of pulling that uh, that little you know M Night Shyamalan uh, twist at the end. Uh, what a twist! I, I did not see that coming either. Uh, you know, and he grabbed Jordan and flew away. I, I didn't think for a second that he was going to do that. And even if he did, you know, convert him, uh, the idea that it would be his father, uh, you know, uh, it took me totally by surprise because you know I despise it. his father's just like the most wretched, annoying character imaginable. So, uh, you know, fun though it might be to allow um, you know uh, the actor playing Jordan to play someone else. Um, you know, I wouldn't want it to be that hideous toad being. Um, so yeah, it took me totally by surprise. Great job. I mean, very nicely done. Like the, uh, the collision with Morgan edge. Uh, yes, I think Sam Lane is definitely pretty badly hurt, but he's, you know, putting the mission first and, uh, you know, um, uh, I think, yeah, there, 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 there will be something. I don't know if it's, it's, I, I hope it's not going to be killing Sam Lane because, you know, he's had a great arc over the course of the season and, you know, has been right about a lot of things. So I want, wouldn't want to see him die, but just, you know, with, uh, with Jordan having to shoot with the other hand, you know, uh, you know, th- they really did a great job of rationing up tension. And then, you know, when, um, when they step out and Jordan has to call for his father, but can't have, uh, uh, but can't have Sarah there, you know, how, how does he get rid of her? Go, go get your dad. Oh yeah. I'll run off and get my dad. Now, you know, she's in shock and everything like that. So it makes sense. But you know, just the desperation, you know, very good job of all of them, uh, rationing up tension there, you know, the shooting of it, the editing of it. And, and, you know, the way that all the characters played it really did ratchet up tension. Yeah, totally. It's funny. Once again, another comment from, you know, the start of the season feels and like the end of the season feels At the start of the season. If you would have told me Sam Lane would be done by the end of the season, I would have been okay with that. You know, there were problems and all the situation. But now, like, they've done so much with this character, and they made him such an important part of the family dynamic. Like, I don't want Sam Lane to die. Like, I kill off, uh, you know, um, the Eradicator. But leave our characters alone. They've grown into just fantastic characters. They've had such an incredible amount of character development. Like, I don't want to lose Sam Lane. I don't want to lose uh, Kyle. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens next week. Um, was was there anything that I missed before we get into maybe some bold predictions for the finale? Was there anything that I missed, a tiny little moment that either of you want to discuss? All right, bold prediction time. What do we think is going to happen in the finale? 
if you don't have a bold prediction, we can you can do a what you would like to happen. You know, if you don't want to commit to a bold prediction, uh, Professor, any bold predictions or any wishes and hopes for the finale? Um, I think things are going to be smoothed out between uh, Chrissy and Lois. Um, yeah, then again, maybe that's something more for for next season because I can't see them sticking around in in Smallville. I think you know they're going to have to find some source of money or something like that 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 uh, you know Lois will find a way to you know become the publisher of the paper or something like that. Um, uh, I, I yeah, I I do kind of fear for for Sam's future. Uh, I, obviously, they're going to get Jordan back. I hope. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I, I really don't know. I still think that uh, there's something to be done with uh, with Kyle, uh, you know, making, uh, you know, whether it's a sacrifice or making a gesture to the community uh, that will redeem him in their eyes. And, and whether that means he dies a hero or whether that just means that, you know, he gets to, you know, return to his job. Um, I don't know. I, I can see it going a lot of ways. And I, and I really just don't know. Yeah. What the series has done really well this season is surprising the audience so I, I will say i don't know if i have any predictions either um other than i want my favorite characters to live um clearly the eradicator needs to get eradicated uh leslie lar out in the wind would be kind of nice um i don't even know if i necessarily need a tease for the next looming threat but i, I do want this arc to be over with like i don't want a cliffhanger with this arc still um, in in action, so hopefully we can get resolution. Um, yeah, and I I kind of hope that we don't get a death uh, as far as like any people that we like, um, just because I I like them. I'm I'm feeling protective of these characters. Um, Millie, I know you're ready to kill people off. Uh, do you have any predictions or any wishes and hopes for the finale? I'm with both of you, and I, I'm not really sure where it's going to go. I think there's a lot of options. I do agree. I don't want this to hang over. I think that uh, Edge has to die. I think that in terms of death, there's definitely going to be one. It's going to be his. Is there going to be another one? I, there could be an injury <laughs> or some, like, sustained thing. I could definitely see that happening to, to Sam, but I don't think he's going to die. Um, I could see something with Kyle, kind of, to your first question, Maybe they start apart and then come back together in season two. I could see that uh, to kind of set up the drama for the Cushings into season two. Um, but other than that, I'm just kind of curious to see what they're going to do. I mean, they've done so well kind of doing the unexpected. So um, I feel like they're going to pull something in the finale. Totally. Yes, I love it. We have no idea what's going to happen, which is a good thing, to be quite honest. I actually like that then. Than anything else, uh, yeah, anything can happen in the next episode. Stay tuned. But I do know what happens next, and that's the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So choose wisely, Professor. Who's your MVP and why? Um. Boy, it's it's tricky because, you know, a lot of characters did some great things, but then there were other things in the episode that I wasn't crazy about. Um, I think I'm going to give it to Sam. 
uh, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, his, his anger, uh, at the beginning of it, his, you know, willingness to face the music his you know, trying to deal with people, uh, you know, him tracking the, uh, the kids down his great line, you know, how'd you find us? Uh, you know, I run the department of defense. You think I can't buy my two. And also his great line, uh, when they're the, the teenagers are pumping him for information is that I'm not going to, you know, do divulge classified information to a room full of drunken teens uh was a great line um yeah and i think he was consistently good throughout so i'm gonna give it to sam very good choice millie wood what about you who's your mvp and why i think i'll have to give it to leslie lard um she didn't like have much speaking but i do like how we got to see more of her and not really of her playing like a part we got to see her fight and then get hit by a hammer um and i just really like kind of like the small parts and getting to see her more than she has kind of this whole season can i just say it tickled me that you called her leslie lard <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic i don't know if the professor caught that but <laughs> It, it put a smile on my face. Oh, I did. And I was just thinking, you know, she was probably mocked for that, you know, when she was in high school and stuff like that. And and now Millie's just pissing off Kryptonian. Way to go, Millie. <laughs> exactly. Although lard is a yummy fat to cook with. I'm just saying. Everything tastes good with a little lard on it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give the MVP to John Henry Irons. Uh, I'm, I was a little worried after, you know... Everything that happened, you know, will we be seeing him in action as much? And I'm glad that we are. Uh, I thought he had a really big moment saving Lois Lane. And it was just great to see him and Superman fighting side by side. I look forward to seeing that in the next episode. And uh, I do hope the character sticks around. I, like, I don't know if he's still going to be, like, bunking with the Kents and, and that sort of thing, um, if the action still stays in Smallville next season, um, you know, they're going to have to build him a house or he's going to have to buy a house or something. Uh, I want him to stick around, and I want to see his relationship with the Kents grow, as well as I want his own storyline to grow. And uh, I thought uh, seeing him in this episode in action was really, really good. So now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 red capes? The point system is allowed. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the Fortress of Solitude. Millie Wood, how would you rate this episode? This is hard because I liked the ending of the episode. I thought that was really solid, but I really think that the first half uh, was a little everywhere, and especially kind of having that scene with the uh, the, the town, I feel they had to cut some other things. The storytelling felt, I think, a little bit clunky, but the ending made up for it in terms of kind of setting us off for the finale. So overall, I would have to give it 8.5 red capes. All right, an eight and a half from Millie Wood. Professor, what about you? Yeah, I'll agree with Millie, and for exactly the same reasons. Uh, you know, the first two-thirds of the episode were meh, but then, wow, what a finish. Um, so, you know, without that finish, it would have been, you know, a very disappointing episode. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that finish definitely lifted it up. So I'll give it an 8.5 as well. And not to guess up Millie Wood's head, but I will agree with you as well. I think 8.5 is actually a really good number uh, for what both of you have said. Uh, I think clunky is the right term, Millie. Uh, the first half of the episode, maybe first 60% of the episode, was clunky. But uh, they they did a really good job at the end, and the cliffhanger was spectacular. I don't think I said this, but both of you said that you didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming either. It was a, a really well-done cliffhanger 
so um, they, they were able to certainly keep us all waiting with bated breath for the finale. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Smallville Gazette. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Smallville Gazette and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with the professor. Good night, everyone. See you next week. And Millie Wood. Good night, listeners. If you want to follow along with me, I'm on Twitter as at the Asian Nerd. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Smallville Gazette every Thursday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. Good night.